So in this story, we've got Mary, Martha, Lazarus, and of course we've got Jesus who's going to come in and, and raise Lazarus from the dead. But let's try to understand a little bit better these characters. So let's go to Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 38. This is the other story about Mary and Martha. Lazarus is not in this story, but I'm going to read a little bit, and we're going to take a look because we want to understand something about these characters. Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 38, and I'm going to be reading in the ESV. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. This is our introduction into this family. And we're going to try to put this together to, to make these characters a little more than just, we say, two-dimensional. Martha, it says, Martha welcomed him into her home. Now, as we'll learn later, we'll do some reading later, that after Lazarus has died, there's a whole lot of people that have come from Jerusalem. They live about two miles outside of Jerusalem. And the geography here is going to be a little bit important, so I'll, I'll draw some things on the board. Lazarus likely has met Jesus somewhere else, and they have become friends. And the way I put this together, Lazarus said, hey, if you're ever in Bethany, why don't you stop by my house? This is the day before cell phones Nobody has called Mary and Martha to tell them that Jesus is coming. Lazarus probably said, hey, anytime you're in Bethany, you stop by. Lazarus probably, I imagine he's a businessman. Because of the people that are at his funeral, the high-level people at his funeral, I would imagine he was doing pretty well. He's got a house with these two women that's big enough to host 13 people plus Mary and Martha, 15 people, probably some people came in even from the street, from outside, because large crowds were following Jesus. So they've got a pretty large home. I don't think they were sitting in the dirt. I think they probably had a floor that Lazarus was a well-known person in these circles, in the religious circles. I think that's why... All these people end up coming to his funeral, and we're going to be talking about that. That's, that's what we're leading up to. I want you to imagine, perhaps your mother, or maybe even you, 
when someone knocks on the door and has 13 people who are a surprise, how are you feeling about that? What, what, how do most women feel when you just knock on their door and you surprise them and you've got 13 people for lunch or dinner? That's hard on most women, right? They like to have a clean house. They like to have bought enough food. They like to have prepared. Because the culture of those days is that, well, the women are supposed to serve. Not only does Martha, we imagine Martha's older because it says Martha welcomed him into her house. Like Mary was the younger and Martha was the older sister. They appear to be unmarried, which is a part of the story. Not only does Martha have 13 people in her house, she has one of them who is a big celebrity. Now, how is she feeling about that? It's, I mean, the pastor, basically, the closest we can come is the pastor has invited the elder board to come to your house and shows up unannounced. You know, how is mom feeling about that? Probably a little anxious and troubled, which is exactly what Jesus says that Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about so many things. What is she mostly anxious and troubled about? What is probably the biggest thing that she's anxious about? Preparing, preparing the food. Good. So she's preparing the food. So, so she's probably trying to make some sandwiches. She's trying to make something that's that's you know, more than just bread. She wants to do something nice for these, the celebrity who's brought these people into her home. I would even say the thing that Jesus is addressing is she's concerned mostly about what people are going to think of her. That's the biggest thing that she's concerned about. And it has to do with the food and the food that would be expected. Now, the way she's speaking to Jesus is actually very interesting. She says, don't you care? Now, there's another time when the disciples say that to him. I wonder if you can remember where that was. Uh, <clears throat> the lake when the storm. Excellent. Don't you care that we are perishing? Exactly. So this... Um, to be able to talk with Jesus and tell, ask him, don't you care? I'd have to say we've all been in that situation once or twice, maybe more often, that, that we feel because of what's happening to us that Jesus doesn't care. He doesn't notice and he doesn't care. And she's accusing him, very interesting in this sentence, she gets a lot out. She's actually accusing him, she wants him to do something. In fact, she tells him right after she accuses him what she wants him to do. Tell her then to help me. Understandable. She's got 13 men in her house, at least, maybe some others. Basically, she's trying to make sandwiches that Jesus didn't order, but she's feeling like she's got to get them you know, just right with the toothpicks through the center and all the pickles on the side. She's, she's doing everything she can to try to make this a memorable 
You know, that this is the kind of meal that would be expected. There's something else that's interesting, and it has to do with the way women were treated in this society at that time. And the reason Martha feels so comfortable speaking to Jesus in this way is because she cannot imagine any man, especially a teacher, that would want anything else but people to serve him. No other teacher, no other man she's ever met, all the training, all the Bible teaching she's had, she cannot imagine any man saying to Mary, stay where you are, you're doing the right thing. Every other man, every other teacher, every other rabbi is going to say, go help your sister. She needs your help to serve us men. Jesus is changing the way women are viewed in society here. Now, there's also something interesting that you might want to notice, and that's that Mary, who is unmarried, where is she sitting? At Jesus' feet. And who's sitting around her? Twelve men. She may have an ulterior motive of, of wanting to be right there in the center, but Jesus, whether she does or not, Sometimes we go to church, sometimes we do things and our motives may not be pure. But if we're listening to the word of God and we're interested in learning from him, he's okay with that. I don't know, but it's very possible because of what we're going to see Mary do in the next story that it wasn't all about Jesus in this case. I'm trying to help us look at people's characters so that we can look at our own. So Martha was actually distracted with much serving. We believe that Jesus wants us to serve him. And while he does want us to serve him, there's something that's even more important than that. What is it? Knowing him. Understanding him. Listening to him. Martha was serving him but she wasn't listening to him. In fact, she was doing actually just the opposite. She was telling him what he should be doing, and that is telling her sister to come and help her. And Jesus corrects her. She says, Mary has chosen the good portion, which actually Jesus is referring to Psalm 16, where it says, the Lord is my portion. Whenever Jesus speaks He's often quoting the Hebrew scriptures, the Old Testament scriptures. He loves the Bible. And he wants to make sure that people hold the Bible in very high regard. So he's constantly using it as a reference. Or to Jesus, it's more important. His relationship with you than serving others. Now, serving is important. It's often how we demonstrate that we love God or that we love Jesus is by serving. But oftentimes we can get caught up in serving so much so that that becomes our identity. It's very much a slippery slope. 
between serving others and serving your own image. Making people impressed with you because you've done so much for them. You've served them such a nice meal. Didn't you enjoy the meal? I think Jesus is telling her, Martha, you can give us a loaf of bread. We can pass it around. I want you to sit next to your sister and listen to me. Instead of trying to serve me, and you're not getting to know me. You're not actually listening to me. Here I'm a celebrity, but I'm not just any celebrity. I'm the one you should be listening to, not just trying to impress. So we're supposed to actually take care of ourselves first, and then we can serve others. It's that you hear it on airplanes. In the event that the pressure goes down, the masks drop from the ceiling, and they say, Put it on yourself first, and then you can help the child who's with you. You've got to take care of yourself to keep yourself in tune, and then we're able to help others. How can you tell if someone's service is in the correct balance to the time that they're spending with Jesus? By their attitude. We can judge by... Do they have the fruit of the Spirit? Is there love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control? You can judge the balance between service and your relationship with God. Martha's attitude towards serving, she was angry. She was serving, but she was angry. And Jesus wants us to serve. He wants us to serve in love. I want to pause right now, and I want us to go to that phrase, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about so many things. I want you to put your name in there, and I want you to imagine that Jesus is speaking to you. David, David, Luke, Luke, Martha, Martha. You are anxious and troubled about so many things. He sees and he knows that you are troubled about many things. And he wants us to stop accusing him of not understanding and not caring about all these things, all these concerns, all the weight on our shoulders. And he wants us to go to him and ask him, can I leave some of these things? Do I need to do all of these things? Do I need to worry about all of these people? It means excessive caretaking to the point that it's bad for you and it's bad for the relationship. And many of us do that because in our families, we had to take care of mom or had to take care of dad. They were not very stable, and we had to, well, we had to take care of them. We couldn't be angry because they would, they were the only ones who could be angry. If they were depressed, we had to cheer them up. We became caretakers. And Jesus is saying, that's not your responsibility. We have to be careful when we take responsibility for how someone else responds, even to the gospel. That's not your responsibility. 
You can present it. You can live your life, but we are not to take responsibility for other people and their response. So let's just pause now, and I want you to put those words, Jesus saying your name in place of Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about so many things, but only one is necessary. And I want you to spend a few minutes and talk to Jesus about what he thinks is necessary in your life and about the fact that he understands and he knows all those issues that trouble you, all the people in your life, all the issues in your life, all the sins, all the past, all the present, and all the future. Let's talk to him now for a few minutes.